Welcome to our Stone Arbor Women's Podcast. We're excited to launch our first podcast ever. Our purpose is to give Stone Arbor women a place to share what God is doing in their lives. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. We're excited to bring stories of Stone Arbor women to you in order to encourage you to keep taking your next steps with Jesus. Today's theme for our podcast is Faith, Not Fear. We recently had our first women's Bible study on our new Glen Haven campus. Our theme for that night was Faith, Not Fear. As we studied the scriptures, we saw examples of how fear can keep us from obeying God. We also took a look at promises that God gives us when we face fear. The next series of podcasts are a collection of faith stories from real women who have faced their fears and chosen to walk forward in faith. As you hear the stories of these women, I hope you hear the promises found in scripture come to life. Our first guest is Cheryl Stewart. She is a dear friend and a fellow sister in Christ. I have been encouraged by her desire to grow in every stage of life. Thanks for being here today. I am so excited to have Cheryl Stewart today on the podcast. She's going to share her story with us. Cheryl, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my husband and I, Bruce, started attending Stone Arbor about 10 years ago. We have a huge family um, with a total of 15 grandkids, and we love living life with all of them when we can. Yeah, I, I'm... I love to see how you guys love on your family and your kids, and it's just a great stage of life. You make this stage of life look really fun and exciting. So what are you going to share with us today about your about your faith journey? Well, about 10 years ago, I experienced a detached retina. I didn't know what it was, and after a couple of days, my daughter suggested that I go to an eye doctor, which I did. And he immediately referred me to a retinal specialist named Dr. Pasavento. He scheduled me for surgery the very next day in office, just laser surgery. And I saw Dr. Pasavento for 10 years annually. And because I had no problems, my vision was corrected with my contact lenses. I was fine. So you were, you were doing fine. And then what else happened? Well, on December 5th, 2021, I was sitting in church and I noticed something happening in my eye and I kept thinking, what what could this be? And as it turns out, I could tell it was a detached retina. So I didn't tell my husband. I went home that day and there's a non-scientific way to find out if it's a detached retina, which I wouldn't recommend, but you go in a dark place and if there's flashes of light, you know you have a detached retina. Mm. So I got home, went in a closet, pitch black, and I had a lot of flashes of light, so I knew. So we called Dr. P the very next morning, Monday morning, and he got me in immediately, agreed that I did indeed have a detached retina, but because of the severity of it, he scheduled me for surgery the following day. At first I thought, should I explain what a detached retina is? And I went to Dr. Google, and after reading that, I determined that was not a good idea. Yes. So I will spare you those details. Uh-huh. All I can say is the retina is like wallpaper on the back of your eye, and it is vital to your vision. So Dr. Pasavento called me that Monday night and said that the 
because of a severe rainstorm in Redlands, which is unlike where we live, he felt that it was too risky to give to do surgery that next day without the assurance that we would keep power and that there would be no need for backup generators. So the word risky is the thing that jumped out at me, and I went down a slippery slope of fear. Mm. I thought about needles getting put out, waking up, throwing up. I mean, the list of things that I feared went on and on, and it was continually mounting. But the one thing that I wasn't afraid of was my response to him telling me with the reluctant voice that he could not do my surgery. Someone I found tremendous confidence in was unavailable for the next day, and I would have a new doctor, Dr. Chin. And I felt the peace of God with this change. I wasn't worried about him. I was more worried about my experience. What was significant about this fear, Cheryl? I mean, obviously, like the loss of your eye is very is is something that is can cause a lot of fear. Is there anything else that was significant about this fear? I think I, at that point in time, I was just dreading the surgery and what would happen. I made it through fine. I won't mention that I woke up in the midst of it. So oh. that's a memory I clung to. And he put, at that point in time, a gas bubble in my eye. A bubble is used to hold the retina in place to give it time for healing. You have to hold your head in a specific position, and mine was straight up and down. So for three weeks, while that gas bubble dissipated, I had to sleep in a chair. Shortly thereafter, my retina fell again. Hmm. So Dr. Chin recommended a retinal buckle, which is another thing to hold your retina in place. But my retina still fell around the buckle. So I kept facing one thing after the next. So my list of what ifs grew tremendously. And reflecting on my what ifs, Pastor Scott preached about those what ifs. And he said, the thing with God is even if he's still with us. And I had to rehearse that. I've had six total surgeries with my retina. And I'm one of the people that they put on the statistics list that this is how many people this has happened to. And I'm kind of one of the champions of that list Mm. because it doesn't happen that often. Again, mounting fear. Now I'm saying, am I going to go blind? Will my other eye do this? I don't know how I'm going to navigate life blind. Mm. So what is your even if? Even if... I do go blind in this eye. I know that God will support me. I'm not afraid of being abandoned. I know he won't leave me or forsake me. However, it's a scary thought to me to imagine not being able Mm -hmm. to see like that. One of the things a wise man asked me early on is, what is God teaching you in all of this? And at that time, I had absolutely no idea But five surgeries later, I learned that God isn't wasting my struggles, my sorrows, my fears, that he's in the midst of them. Um, I started rehearsing scripture that spoke truth. One of my friends texted me at the peak of yet another surgery, and it was Isaiah 41.10. 
Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So I knew beyond a doubt that the Lord was in all of this. And I began to rehearse that and pray that scripture over and over. He said, fear not. But I was still afraid. And I thought about yet another scripture. In Mark chapter 9, a father brought his young son to Jesus to be healed of an unclean spirit. He said to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Then Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Help with my unbelief. And that gave me comfort because I do believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is able to do anything and everything. But there are times when he allows difficult things in our lives. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, that therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. And he goes on to say, concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Cheryl, I think it's really significant that you are still walking through this fearful time. And I've, I've seen you from the beginning of this journey. And what I am really encouraged by the fact that you are honest about how you're feeling and that you are turning to God. And so sometimes when we are in the middle of a trial, we think, okay, we turn to God. It, it should be all gone. All the fear should be gone. But what you're saying is, is that I keep turning to the Lord and I keep going back to God. It's not like a one-time thing. It's a, it's a continual thing that you're doing daily to walk yourself through this fear. And God is being faithful to you, but it, but but you're continuing to stand on the promises of God. I now spend a lot of time going through scripture that talks about fear and the times that God says, fear not. And I'm actually highlighting them in, in my Bible to remind myself of what the truth is. I'm still in the battle with fear, but my armor is researching and rehearsing what the truth is with regards to fear and that he won't leave me or forsake me. I'm still in the waiting. I don't have healing in my eye. I've actually stopped asking because I feel like the answer is no. But even if, I'm still going to be okay. Well, how is your faith different after this trial? How have you changed? I'm not certain I've changed, but I've become more aware of how to navigate fear. I still struggle with it. It's my go-to. I borrow problems that don't belong to me. And I have to go back and say, Lord, help me trust you in the midst of this. Because I'm still in the waiting for healing or not, I have to rehearse truth. I have scriptures written on cards around my bathroom and the house that keep reminding me of who he is. With regards to being in the waiting, I now have terrible vision and I have an oil bubble in my eye because the doctor said that because of so many surgeries, there's still trauma. 
He used that word, and my my heart sinks. Mm. There's still inflammation. My heart sinks. So it's, again, owning fear that doesn't belong to me. One of the things that speaks to my heart, besides reading scripture, are songs of worship that speak scripture. And I read a post by a worship leader that talked about how sometimes we can't hear truth in words, but when they're done in music, it speaks to our heart in a deeper way. And so that's another thing that I have been doing is not only listening, but singing worship songs to the Lord to thank him for his goodness. It reminds me that he's faithful. And it also seems to lift that heaviness of fear that wants to invade my space. Mm. That's so true. I am always encouraged by truth sung mm. in songs. Uh, I'm I'm a lover of music and it, sometimes I get tired of having to repeat the truth. So just lift, having somebody else tell me the truth is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Cheryl, I'm so encouraged by what you are doing to walk with the Lord in this journey. I hadn't heard the update of where you were at and I'm so encouraged by you because sometimes it really does take time to be past the trial that we find ourselves in. And so thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the Stone Arbor ladies? Well, one thing that just now came to my mind is choosing gratitude. I have so very much to be thankful for. Not to compare to others, but I can walk. I can laugh and run and jump. I feel good. So rather than wallowing in my sorrows or my sadness or my fear, I can choose gratitude. And, and thank God for where he has me right now and believe that he will use what I've struggled with to bring him glory. Well, he's already using you in my life. Thank you for being an example of faith. And thank you for your faithful encouragement to me. You're also a prayer war- warrior and you always lift me up in prayer and you tell me that you're praying for me. So I'm really grateful for you. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Mm-hmm.